0: Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. Welcome back uh, to another episode of Nashville Vineyard Live. We're so glad you're joining us. I know people are tuning in from all over the world, and so we just want to say welcome. We hope you're enjoying and getting something out of uh, our series that we're on about uh, stewarding our life in the way that the scriptures say that we are to steward them. And we're, we're looking through the, the Ten Commandments. We're on eight uh, this week. And we're seeing them as a way uh, that we're supposed to uh, center our life, that uh, that as we love God and we love people, the two greatest commands, these are how they manifest, and so these are how they come out of us. And so we're looking through uh, the Ten Commandments, exploring those uh, as, a, as a beacon and as a rule uh, for our lives. And so before we get started, I want to pray, and you can turn with us. We're going to be in Isaiah uh, chapter 55. I want to read our foundational uh, text or word of the Lord uh, that he gave us a couple, of, I guess, months ago now. And uh, we're going to start there. We're going to go to Exodus 20. Uh, we'll be in Exodus 20, 21, uh, and then we'll be in Ephesians 1. So you can get those ready. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you taught us you want us to call you Father. You're so kind and you're so good. Father, we worship your name. Blessed is your name. Holy is your name. Father, we ask that you send your spirit to dwell amongst us and in us and on us to, to fill us to the full, to the overflowing. And Father, we know that we can come boldly to you because of your Son. Jesus, and his work on the cross, defeating death, hell, and the grave, rising up victoriously, and now is seated on the right hand of your throne, praying for us. And it's in Jesus' holy, mighty, powerful name that we pray, amen. So, I wanna start in Isaiah 55, verse six, and just refresh this, because this is, man, this is the scripture. Uh, I, was, I was away this past week uh, with a group of people and, and, uh, in Pittsburgh, and we were, we were coming together to seek the Lord, to hear what the Lord is saying, and this just continued to come up uh, in, in, in my time and in my prayer uh, with them, and so I believe this is the word of the Lord for us, and it's Isaiah 55, verse 6, and it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And we're saying that this is a special time. This is a time that the Lord is moving in and amongst the earth. This is this is the time that the Lord is doing something new on the earth uh, with us and through us and for us today. That, that he is moving and that he is working. And so this is a time that we can seek him. That, that especially now he will be found in this time, in this place. The Lord is on the earth. He's on the throne. He's moving and his spirit is being poured out on all people. And I know that there are many of us who feel like, have we been forsaken by the Lord? I know there are many of us who feel like things are getting worse. As I meet with people, as I talk with people, uh, it's, it doesn't seem to be getting better amongst how, how people are feeling and dealing with these times in this season that we're in. Anxiety and fear continues to, to seem to try and rule the day. And it continues to get worse and worse. And so... We have to understand that that even as that is becoming, you know, more and more prevalent in, in some of our lives and we're dealing with with so many different things, we have to understand that that the light shines amongst the darkness and that even in a time of great gross darkness that covers the earth is what Isaiah says later on, that his light will begin to shine in a more profound way. So take the times that we see as a tell that the Lord is doing something on the earth and he's doing something incredible. I've been talking with pastors all week. I've been talking with leaders all week, uh, all around the world and within our city. And I can tell you that God is on the move. There's an excitement. There is a buildup. There's anticipation. We're starting to see the signs of the kingdom start to break through. And so I'm telling you this so that you can hold on and then you can have hope because hope, is what we need right now and hope is what the people of God are supposed to to traffic in and to deal in it's it's the hope of Christ in us the hope of glory and this glory is coming so I just want to stop here and just say I want you to take heart I want you to be encouraged even though it seems like darkness might be surrounding you when the enemies surround you and you're overwhelmed where does he prepare a table for you He, he lays out a feast where? When things are safe and comfortable and they feel good, no, the psalmist tells us that he prepares a feast for us right in the middle of our enemies. And so I just wanna, I just wanna speak that over you right now. I wanna remind you that that's how the kingdom works. The kingdom works in, in an opposite way to what we want and think sometimes. And so you may be overwhelmed, you may be stressed out, you may be feeling like your back is to the wall, that all hope is being lost, but I want to remind you that it's in that moment that the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians to stand firm when you've done all that you can do to continue to stand. And I would tell you to stand and wait and look for your feast. Look for your table that the Lord is preparing for you right now in the presence of your enemies. And so we go on here. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So we're saying not only is this a time that the Lord is moving on the earth, this is a time where he's beginning to draw back into our minds what it means to be a people that are set apart, what it means to be a people that are, that are different. He is calling his people away uh, from the things of this earth so that we can gather around him And so that we can then go out to the people of the earth and and begin to tell them about his wonderful ways. Begin to tell him about his son, Jesus, who has paid the price that they can now be free. So he's calling us away from things. This is not only a season of, of him moving. This is a season of repentance. This is a season where we examine our lives. We invite the Holy Spirit to examine our lives and say, search my heart. Is there anything within me that brings dishonor to your name? cleanse me of all unrighteousness and so we do that and then it says this for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the lord for as high as the heavens are of the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my my thoughts higher than your thoughts and so what we're doing too is we're understanding you know just because things make sense to us don't mean it makes sense in the kingdom okay and so excuse my southern vernacular we have to conform our thoughts and our our lives to the scripture. We have to get the mind of Christ, not the mind of our world we have to We have to take captive every thought so that we can conform ourselves to the glory and the goodness of god uh, and and those are different things god's thoughts are different than our thoughts. His ways are different than our ways, and so we we want to We're to conform ourselves to this. So when we approach the text today, when we approach uh, Exodus 20, and we'll go there now, and we're reading this, we have to understand that this is right regardless of how we think. His commandments and his words are right whether or not we like them because his ways are just higher than our ways, okay? So we're going to read the eighth commandment here. It's short. It's sweet. It's in uh, Exodus chapter 20 verse 15 it says this you shall not steal now the word steal here actually means steal so it's not a very complicated text Uh, it's not a very complicated command but it is prevalent in our hearts in our lives in our business and so i want to talk before we move into another part i just i just really want to talk practically about this idea of stealing there's, there's a lot of ways that we can steal, okay? You can steal if you're an employer and maybe you own a business or, or you, um, you have a job. You, you can steal by withholding uh, monies due to your clients or to your employees that are, that are rightfully theirs. You, you can steal if you're an employee, if you work for someone. They, they, tr- they estimate that it's one of the largest uh, reasons that businesses lose money. Is because of employee theft. Employees are stealing literally hundreds of millions of dollars a year of supplies, uh, of product, um, of of all kinds of things that are going on in the workforce and not not the least of which is time. You can steal uh, from your employer, from your place of work uh, by stealing time, by wasting time, by being on the clock but not being uh, productive or participating uh, in what they're doing by taking half days and calling them full days, by fudging the numbers, these are, these are stealing. Most of us listening to this, I mean, probably, maybe not, uh, aren't, aren't planning to go rob a bank or planning to, you know, steal a bunch of people's identities. But some of us may, and if that's you, don't, don't do that. Uh, but, but most of us probably have compromised, uh, our integrity probably have compromised um, on this on this command in several different ways. Anything from stealing cable TV channels, anything from, from fudging the numbers on your taxes and and not uh, not paying what is rightfully meant to be paid on your taxes. It, it can be it can be stealing in regards to pirating music and software, downloading free uh, free movies and free games and free whatever that you're not supposed to that don't belong to you. It could be things such as, uh, such as not returning things that maybe got sent to you in the wrong uh, address. In the days of Amazon Prime, uh, many times are there deliveries that don't make it. Many times are there, uh, are there deliveries uh, that come to someone else's house and they just seem to be lost. These are stealing. Uh, it's a way that you, you can steal. <clears throat> and if you think about it, we stealing is is not just uh, something that's you know few and far between. The, there's an amazing amount of protection that we put in place in our lives to prevent stealing, uh, to prevent theft. We we have we have locks on our homes. We have we have gates and we have fences. We may have guns in our in our closets. We may have uh, alarms on our car. We may have uh, password protection. We may have uh, we may have anti-malware uh, protection on our computers. Stealing is a big deal. And it's a big deal because what it does is it robs people of what is rightfully theirs. That's a pretty simple way to put it. You shouldn't have to do that. And if you ever been have, have ever been stolen from, you feel that need for justice. It's a terrible, terrible feeling too. To realize that someone has stolen something from you—it's uh, a terrible feeling—to uh, come out to your car and see the window that's broken in. Uh, when we when we first began the church, uh, our church is in an area that uh, that sometimes experiences uh, some crime and sometimes experiences some good things. Uh, but we were uh, ill prepared for uh, for moving in, and in the beginning. We were broken in and stolen from multiple times, and it was a terrible, terrible feeling. We didn't have any money uh, as a church, and so we would, we would do something and spend money and buy some TVs so people could read uh, the worship lyrics or something like that, and we would come in uh, on a Sunday morning early and realize that the TVs were stolen off of the wall. That's a terrible feeling. I, I get it. it it's, it's a bad feeling, but we don't feel so terrible if we feel like it's justified on our account. And so oftentimes people will, they'll justify why they're fudging the numbers. They'll justify why uh, they're taking a little more than they deserve. They'll justify uh, why they maybe put the extra thing into their basket. Maybe why they didn't send it away. Maybe who they're stealing from they think justifies it. And oftentimes we talk ourselves into breaking this commandment. Now, this commandment is set aside because Jesus tells us that, that all of the law is summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. The first you know, four really deal with that. And then love your neighbor as yourself is taken into account by, by commands 5 through 10. This is why the Lord is, is telling the people, look, this is how you treat other people. Because people are created in the image of God. And we're, we're to, to treat people like we would want to be treated. You've heard that before, right? The golden rule. And so this idea of stealing wants, wants us to come under it, wants us to understand that there is no such thing as a victimless crime when it comes to this. That stealing is wrong because stealing is wrong. It doesn't matter who you're stealing from, it doesn't matter what you're stealing, it's stealing. And the Lord has put this in here because he wants his people to be different. We, we shouldn't have to worry. If, you're, if you work for a company, if you work for a business, if you work for a job, and you're a Christian, then you should have the best reputation. You should be the best worker. You, you should work the hardest, the most diligent, and have the most integrity out of anyone there is. People should only want to hire people that follow God's rules, people, the people of God, because they know that they'll operate with such a high integrity. Now, that is the dream. But I'll just tell you, it is not the reality. Oftentimes, in the business world, which is where I come from, you don't want to work with Christians. Christians can be the worst. They can be the worst clients, they can be the worst employees. Uh, they can just be awful and we have that reputation i'll just tell you that that doesn't come from me that comes from my years of experience Uh, that comes from companies that comes from all of that is that we have the reputation that is opposite of what these commands are trying to do and if you are a, a follower of jesus and you're watching this and you work for a company you work for a business you know, you can, you can run around and tell people about Jesus and pray for the sick and all of that sort of thing, and that's great. But if, if you're a terrible employee, if you're causing strife, if, if you're always coming in late, if you're fudging the numbers, if you can't be trusted, then none of that stuff matters. What's happening is your character is speaking much louder than your actions. And so the people of God are called to higher standards. We're called to live like the people of god and so before i move into the next part let me just say some of the best witnessing you can do is being the best worker you can be some of the best witnessing you can do is being in the best employer that you can be we have a a real estate company that i work with and um and, and you know one of our core values is that we we want to treat our employees better than any other company People are literally moving from other states to work for us because we treat them better than than they would normally be treated. Why? Well, because we believe it's the right thing to do. We believe that's what, as Christians, we're called to do. And so practically, this is a practical one. We are to be... What, what Paul tells Timothy when he says, I want you to look for elders, I want you to look for men and women that are above reproach. We're supposed to live higher calling lives. We're supposed to be people of integrity, people that can be trusted with money, people that can be trusted with responsibility, people that can be trusted with uh, with, with other people's lives, can be trusted uh, to steward the resources that we have. This is what we're talking about. Biblical stewardship, how to steward our lives. This is part of it. This thou shalt not steal doesn't just mean don't rob a bank. It means you should be trustworthy with what you're given and what you're not given. And if there is a mistake, you should make it up. If you if you accidentally uh, stole something from your work accidentally, so if before this you didn't think of it as stealing and now as you're sitting here and you're looking at all of the office supplies that, you, that might be around you, that you've taken from your office, uh, you, you should return those. If you've taken money, you should return those. If you've fudged your taxes, you should return it. This is the call. We as Christians are called to live at a higher standard. And for too long, the people of God have used grace, and and have used religion to, to get around actually living like Jesus. And as someone who has spent years and years and years in, in like the business world, secular world, whatever you want to call it, I can testify that we don't have a great reputation. But the good news is, is that we can begin to change that. There's thousands and thousands of people that are listening right now, which is mind blowing. I don't understand why uh but the, we can begin to be the change that um that that needs to happen. We can begin to begin to start living better. And as we as we disciple people around us, we can begin to start calling them higher too. And so as we started the church, we had we had all of these, you know, mainly it was young men. And and one of my the main things that I would do was would to be to to talk to them and to help them, you know, be good productive citizens to to find good jobs to do good work this this christian thing isn't just supposed to be lived on a sunday it's mostly lived monday through saturday and so because of that most of our witness and most of our work is outside and as someone who employs people as someone who's been an employee let me just let me just call you higher let me call the people of god to be people of integrity don't don't fudge on trying to get your deposit back if you if you've destroyed an apartment if, if your dog destroyed it, then do what's right. Let them keep the deposit the, it, it touches everything. you know if, if you if you have broken something and it's your fault, then don't try to return it and blame it on on the product. That's stealing and and companies actually set aside, I would say probably i'm just guessing billions let's say millions millions of dollars for that kind of thing for employee theft for theft uh, for fraud for all of that and if you have found yourself uh in this then it's 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 a good idea to make it right and to invite the Holy Spirit, which we'll do at the end, to search us to know us, to show us these places that we have to go and make it right, and it's painful. I've had to do it. It's painful, but that's okay. We want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and in his sufferings, even if we've caused our own sufferings through this, okay so that's that's one way that we can still steal now hopefully there's there's many of us who have moved. Past that, right? That that have you know maybe maybe that we don't struggle with stealing uh, like this. Uh, but I, I want to talk to something else, and so and and you know, reading this text, you know, being in the workforce, all of that sort of stuff. This was easy for me to prepare for. Uh, but just so you understand how I approach preaching and and, and all of this, I really don't want to say anything that the Lord isn't saying. I just I could get up and say things that are great ideas and great, but there's way better preachers and all of that um and so I, I just i wanted to hear i said lord you know what are what are you doing what do you want to what do you want to speak through this today like what what which, what what are your thoughts on thou shalt not steal and, and one of the things just kept coming back to me i heard it very clearly was that we should not steal from him That that we should not steal from god now don't worry, I'm not preaching on tithing because one one of the big, uh, the big things that we think of if you've been in church was would be from, uh, from from Malachi about do not rob God of the tithes and offerings. I'm not preaching about tithes and offerings right now, but I I started to think about how how do we steal from God? How do we steal from from him? In Exodus 20, you know Moses is on on the mountain. And he is, he's on the mountain and he is hearing from God. He, he's getting uh, this, um, he, he's getting this download. He's, he's, God is literally writing on the tablets and he is, is learning the ways of God so that he can lead the people of God into a freedom that God has for them and and so he's you know he he gets the ten commandments and then he gets the altars and he gets gets the covenants and, and he gets uh responsibility for property and the lord is just rewriting everything because the people were taken out of slavery they were taken out of captivity they, they had a, a slave uh, mentality and so the lord is meeting with moses and he's telling him like look you've been raised in this the people have been steeped in this but this is not how the people of the god should work this is not how they're to function and so He's rewriting everything for the people. And the people have seen, remember, before this happened, thunder and lightning and and smoke poured down upon the people and the voice of God boomed over the people and the people were afraid. They were in fear. And Moses goes up on the mountain and he's there and and, and the Lord's telling him, if you just if you just leaf through Exodus, starting in Exodus 20, it talks about You know the tabernacle it talks about the ark of the covenant it talks about uh, the the feast it talks about what how priests are supposed to work it talks about the tabernacle the lampstands the, the ephod the breastplate priestly garments and how to be holy unto the Lord and so Moses is up here and he's getting all of this download through all the way through chapter 31 and then we have this scene that is just unbelievable until we realize that these people are us. Moses is on the mountain. The people have seen Moses on the mountain. They've seen God on the mountain. They've seen the presence of God, the fury of God. They've been delivered from Egypt, delivered from captivity, delivered from their enslavement miraculously. And they've been let out into this place of the wilderness and God has ascended upon them and he has he has shown them his mighty works in his hand. He's split apart the seas so they can walk through on dry land. The people have seen God, but they get impatient. And we look at verse 32, or sorry, in chapter 32, verse 1 of Exodus. And it says this Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come. Make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up from Egypt, out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And we know what happens. The people make a golden calf. And they quickly go back to the gods of their enslavement. And I felt like the Lord was saying through this that he wanted not just to remind us, not, yes, not to steal, Of course we should not steal. You should know that we should not steal. I shouldn't have to preach to you that you should not steal. Although some of us need to know we should not steal, and that's okay. But there are some of us who have been in the faith for a long time. There's some of us, it's been a minute since we've been out of Egypt, and and, and we haven't Uh, We haven't quite broken free uh, of our slave mentality, of our poverty mentality. And because of that, when we feel like God is late, when we feel like God is, is not coming when we think he should come, what do we do? We take matters into our own hands. And then what does that do? It robs God of the glory that only he can get when only he can come through. We have to be a people that trust God to come through. We have to be a people that are willing to tarry. Tarry is an old word. It means wait. But it means wait with a purpose. For they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Be still and know that I am God. But so often in my heart, man, I, this, I'm preaching myself right now. I will start to make things happen when I feel like God is just a little bit late. And I believe the Lord was saying to us today, to those of us that may have been in the faith for a long time, and you're facing something that that you you are worried that God is not going to come through. I prayed this week on something, and I said, Lord, it's not that I don't trust you. I just don't trust me. I don't trust that I heard what you said all those times ago, but I'm going to try. And I believe the Lord is saying to so many of us today that he comes right on time. Do not rob him of this chance for his glory to be shown on the earth through miraculous provision, through miraculous healing, through miraculous circumstances the Lord wants to show up and show off and show out that's what he wants to do these are the days where the Lord wants to begin to pour out his blessings upon his people but for too long his people have robbed him of that opportunity because they've made golden calves instead of waiting on him to show up and the Lord is saying to us today that we need to burn those calves we need to burn the boats We need we need to take we need to take this time where we feel like the Lord is late and we need to drop to our knees and we need to tarry on his spirit and on his presence because the Lord is about just in time delivery. And so often in my life and in the lives of so many believers, we see that we take our own miracles into our own hands. And we begin to carve out our own way, and we build to, to to try. We we go to try to build kayaks to cross the sea instead of allowing him to part it. See, just a little bit ago, the people were waiting on the banks of the water. The enemy was was coming up behind them. They didn't know what else to do but to wait. They they didn't know that that they could do anything else but but to wait. And they waited and they waited and the enemy got closer and the enemy got closer. And then all of a sudden at the right time, just the right time, when the Lord said now, they stepped into the water. And as they stepped into the water, they continued to get wet. Nothing happened until that one step when all of a sudden the waters began to part. It wasn't that long ago in this story that the people knew how to wait but familiarity breeds contempt and so that was amazing but they've seen him do amazing things over and over again and what happens they begin to expect him to not pull through they begin to at some point expect him to to not come come through that they would have to end up making this on their own and so they go back to egypt in their minds and they say, well, at least we had something to look at. At least we had something that we could literally put before us. He said he's going to be before us, but it doesn't feel like it. So let's put something else before us. And, you know, the story, Moses came down through in the fire, ground it up in the powder and made everybody drink it. So luckily we don't have to worry about doing any of that. But I feel like the Lord is saying today that that he needs his people to learn to wait upon the Lord. There's a reason why we have a lack of strength. There's a reason why we have a lack of strength. Because we are not good at waiting. We are not good at allowing the Lord to move and work how and when He wants to. If you're watching this in the West, you're not good at waiting on anything. Me either. I went to go order a book today. It was going to take a couple of days. It was like a couple of days. Couldn't do it but what, what 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 do we have to do? if we if we want our strength, we have to learn to wait and we're not a good people of waiting. and for some of you you feel like you've been waiting for years and years and years and the temptation is to make it happen in your own strength. and for too long the people of God have moved in their own strength because they couldn't wait for God to move in his. And as they've been working out of their own strength, they've become weak. But the Lord is coming to us today and he's saying, will you wait on me? I will be on time and I will renew your strength. For all upcoming events, for more information about the National Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nationalvineyard.org. Thank you again for listening and we hope you have a great day.